Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Justine from Club NBT in Apollo, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Miss Justine. How are you today? Good. Thanks so much for having me. Well, thank you for being here. It's a big deal. You took an hour out of your busy day of being a fitness business owner um, to come and give back to the industry. And we really appreciate you for that. But, um, you know, before we dive too deep into the business side of what you do, I would love to hear what it was that made you decide to open up this gym. Sure, absolutely. So um, I have been in business for 22 years now. I own a dance studio. Um, I went to school for uh, nutrition, exercise science, and dance. Um, so I, I actually started that business before I was even out of college. And uh, throughout my years of training, I, I actually did do the uh, personal training at my uh, other facility for the last 15 years. And our area needed a good quality gym. A lot of people don't like commercial facilities. They want something that's more of that like old school feel, but they want good quality. And that's the problem. A lot of times you get that, but equipment's broken. It's old. It doesn't work. Um, you know, not just a dirty environment. Um, and that a lot of the places, unfortunately, that were around us were like that. So we said, you know, we need we need a place for our clients, first off. Mm-hmm. And our area just needs a really good quality gym that has that personal feel to it. So that was where we were coming from with opening opening our facility. Yeah. And you are in the industry as well, too. So who knows better than you, like what the ideal client would want um, in a gym. And so you guys were able to build this kind of perfect space for our listeners. Give us kind of your elevator pitch of club MVT. Tell us who you are, what you have to provide, kind of paint that picture because all gyms are a little different. Yeah. So we really wanted to stay away from having a certain you know niche. Um, I think that's very important with, with gym ownership. Sometimes it works out, but you know, when you, when you, you really want to be able to have the biggest, um, you know, variety of clients that you can, it just keeps business coming. It, it allows you to just work with everybody. So we are a gym for everyone. We are, it's a 10,000 square foot facility. We have every sort of, um, you know, piece of machinery you could possibly imagine, uh, pin loaded, plate loaded. It's all top of the line equipment, life fitness and hammer strength, um, all free weights, uh, dumbbells up to 150 pounds. Um, we have professional power lifting equipment, and then we have a full cardio room of every type of cardio equipment that you can imagine. And then on the, as far as what we offer um, from us personally, we do personal training. Um, I do online coaching. We do personal nutrition plans. Uh, with any type of client, whether it be somebody who just wants to be a little bit healthier and you know have better better blood work, we work with athletes and we also do uh, bodybuilding uh, prep um, contest prep for every division. So totally a lot going on here. Anybody can walk in and kind of find something that fits what they're looking for. Um, in this particular model, you have people that are paying, you know, the monthly membership, but for many businesses with this particular model, they make a good amount of money from their personal training, their online coaching and things like that. So as your personal training program stands right now, what kind of percentage, I guess, of your revenue is coming from that piece of the business? So the way that we we wanted to run the business, we wanted to be able to completely run and sustain the business and our own lives off the memberships alone. Mm -hmm. And the personal training is kind of like our extra 
you know, whatever right. fund money. Um, so I would say just percentage wise, it's probably, uh, we're probably getting about like 40% from the personal training, 60 from the memberships. Um, so we, and, and because the, you know, the, the, the training is something that can be here and there, you know, some people just financially have to quit, they move away, they have to stop sessions because they're busy. So we didn't want to rely on that solely, um, even though that is, uh, it is definitely a nice um, chunk of, of finances. Um, so we wanted to make sure that the membership was where we needed it to be consistently yeah, to be able I, to stay open. I think that's a really good approach, right? Because we can always count on the membership pieces. Mm -hmm. And then the personal training is something that's like an additional add-on to boost revenue so that we can spend that money in the business, outside of the business, mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Um, so, you know, is the personal training something that you're looking to evolve in any way over time as your business grows? So if we wanted to, we could literally be there probably 24 hours a day doing sessions. We had to completely <laughs> put a, a cut it off. We have a waiting list a mile long for sessions. And right now it's just how much of our own personal time do we want to put into that? Um, we start, I start my office work at 3 a.m. 3 a.m. every day. And there's days that we don't get done with work, um, you know, as far as even our own training, whatever it may be, cleaning, uh, just talking to members until nine or later at night. Um, so you know, as we're, me and my husband are getting older, we do want to have a little bit of more family time and personal time. So yeah, with the sessions, it's really, um, we, we have such an influx of people and especially with me being an IFBB pro, so many people that want us for training that um, we do, we just had to make a cutoff um, yeah. just because just to have some of our own time. So I'd say as far as what we want to evolve it into, um, just kind of keep that steady um, amount of what we're willing and able to, to take as far as personal sessions go. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. You don't want to over exhaust yourself. Now, let me ask you, is it just you and your husband working as trainers in the business? Yes. Yeah, it's just us. Um, and that's something that a lot of everybody keeps asking if we're going to hire trainers. And it would be impossible because people want us. We the reputation that we have in the Pittsburgh area. They're coming. We have people that come from an hour, over an hour away, just for our training. And I just don't think it would go over well um, when they're coming. They want Justin Albert IFBB Pro, Joel Dittman, because all you know, most of them know him as my husband, and and they really want us to train them. And I just don't think that it would go over well having you know them come thinking they're getting us and then putting them with another trainer. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there are definitely people who probably see you guys and they're like, I want them, but there's definitely also people in the community. I'm not sure how big Apollo is, but there's probably people in the community that maybe are just looking to lose like five or 10 pounds. Maybe they're just looking to gain a little bit of muscle and they just need the guidance. They don't need a specific trainer, but they just need the guidance. Um, have you guys ever thought of of that approach, I mean, for the general population. Well, the thing is with that, just with us personally, um, my my family in the area, they are huge business owners. Everybody knows them. Everybody knows us. Even if it's, even the people that just want to lose a couple pounds, like they still know me and want me. Um, mm -hmm. My dance studio is one of the biggest dance studios in the area. So all those parents, the dance moms, the, the dance grandparents, they want me because I taught their kid at some point. Um, we have students, I have students that dance with me as little kids and now want to come to me for training. So it, yeah. that's definitely, I would see for somebody else how that would be a really good um, thing. But like, just with my personal history and reputation in our area, and we are pretty, and Apollo itself isn't, you know, a big area. Um, 
it's it's very much different for us than I think it would be for somebody else because of that because we have such a reputation uh, my family has such a reputation in the area and we're kind of like the business people in the area yeah and I get that I think that's like you know for a lot of small communities I grew up in Maine and every town in Maine has a small town kind of vibe where it's like one family in the town owns a good percentage of the business so I understand what you're saying um and I think that that is kind of it puts you in a unique situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So with the membership piece, are the group classes something that are included in memberships or is that a separate thing? So we don't have classes. Um, I do like group sessions. So let's say you'd have a group of friends, like five friends that would want to come together and do like a, you know, just a a workout together. Uh, So that is extra. That's not included. So that would be something that would be extra, um, more like personal training, but we do a discounted rate for groups. Yeah, so like a semi-private kind of model and that brings the consumer's price down a little bit, Mm -hmm. Um, but it allows you to optimize your schedule so that Mm -hmm. you get more than one client in in an hour. Um, So with the normal membership, um, is there kind of different levels to that or is it just one, the same membership for each individual client? So we have discounts, we have our base membership, and then we have student discounts uh, for college and a different one for high school students. We have a family package, a couples package, and then we do offer also a uh, military, first responders, police officers, um, anything in that field, we offer a discount to them as well. But the normal membership just gives them access to the gym, is it? It is a 24-hour, yeah, 24-hour facility. They get a key fob, and and the individual general membership just covers complete access to the gym 24-7. Awesome. And you guys have, like, tons of equipment for people to come in and utilize 24-7, and that's a Mm -hmm. huge selling point for a lot of people, especially in these smaller communities where a lot of people are working like shift work. And exactly. Yep. um, If we can have a 24 seven facility, we're able to market ourselves to those people. Um, Mm -hmm. As the community stands right now, how many members do you guys have in total? Uh, We have 762 members of as of this month. That's awesome. So 762. Now tell me, is that a place like for your specific facility that you guys are feeling good, you're feeling comfortable, or are you looking to hit the gas, help more people grow the community? So we're, we're with where we are, I mean, the only thing that really is, we don't want the place to get too overcrowded because there are people that don't like that. So obviously, we're in a perfect place mm-hmm. right now. We honestly don't need to add more as far as financially, like we're really, really set. But I mean, who doesn't want to grow their business? You know, I, I always like to have extra just because, you know, there are people that move away. There's people that, that we have a lot of college students, so they're back and forth. So it's always nice to have that little buffer. Um, but with the space we have, we're honestly parking is, is going to be the next issue. So once we, you know, if we do grow more, we're going to run into a parking issue, um, which we knew going into it, that if we got to a certain size, that was going to happen eventually. But um, yeah, it's one of those things like, yes, we could grow. Um, but we're very comfortable with where we are right now. Yeah. What are some of the things that you guys have done so far to find your clients? Because 760 clients, that's a lot of people. Where are you finding them from? Um, again, it's that unique situation. Everybody knows us. Okay. There's, we, we, we had the day we opened, before we even opened the gym, we had over 300 members knocking down the door asking us when we were opening. I mean, they've been begging me to do this for years. So I, that's a very unique situation. We've done zero advertising. Every time I jump into trying to do advertising, I'm like, why am I putting money into this? I don't need it. Um, everybody, they, they know where we are. They know who we are. 
in in some way they've been in contact with my family in some way over the years whether it's my dad's business my grandpa's business my mom um you know she's a she's um a local uh she directs the music for all the churches so she's played everybody's wedding everybody's funeral everybody's uh confirmation and it's literally just family mm-hmm. reputation that brought us uh, all, all of our members that's huge right that you mm-hmm. blessed with that kind of opportunity to help you grow your business. And I think a lot of times why people look at advertising, maybe they are in a super small town and everybody might know them, but it's just to be that kind of bug in people's ear. Like Mm -hmm. I, I think for a lot of people, like I know for you and I were motivated to wake up in the morning and go work out because that's how we are. But there are people in the community that might need us really, really bad, but they just don't know to look and so um advertising you can be that little bug in people's ear continuing to remind them hey we're here we have this offer you should come in and try it um but for you guys it seems like that's not a route that you need to yeah it's something i mean if we it's it's we would rather right now put the money into some into other other things Mm -hmm. um if we have if we're at that point we're like hey we don't mind spending the money on it let's throw the, you know, some postcards in, in the mail in the entire area, things like that. I mean, we do tons of social media advertising and, and that type of thing. Um, but as far as like, you know, really putting a lot of money into the advertising, th- it's just not worth it right now for where we are. We'd rather get more equipment, you know, put it into the other things in the business at the moment. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, um, a lot of people, they get like a three to one return when they're doing ads through Facebook or through Mm -hmm. Instagram. And so that's like, yeah, it's worth it. If we're spending the money and we're making three times the money that we're spending, of course it's worth it. But when we're doing things like mailers or flyers, billboards, picket signs, whatever it is, like we spend all this money and we don't know, we're not really guaranteed Mm -hmm. we're going to make money. So why would we spend it when you know that you're bringing in clients? Yeah. Um, talk to me about your social media presence. Has that been something that you feel has helped your business grow? Um, it definitely has just in the bodybuilding sense. I'm actually a sponsored athlete with Axe and Sledge. So I do have to really keep up my, um, my social media presence, just being a part of their company. Um, but that has really helped more so with bringing people in from outside areas other than just around here. Like I said, we have people that come from like over an hour away um, for our facility. And that's more, that's where the, the social media presence is what has brought those people in because they follow me, um, mostly because of bodybuilding or just fitness in general, they're interested, even if they're not a competitor, they have an interest in it. Um, so they got to know me that way. And I do a lot of videos, um, not just with bodybuilding, but just general health and fitness for the general population. So it really intrigues people and shows them that even though I'm a bodybuilder, I don't train people that way. I train you for what you need. Um, So it brings in a lot of people. And it's also been huge for the online training. I have people all over the country. I actually have a couple of people even in other countries. So that's the social media part has brought in that influx of people very, very well. Yeah. And that's what's cool is like with social media, if we do have an online platform and we're looking to grow that, it's the perfect way to do it because we're not going to reach people any other way. Mm Mm-hmm. internationally or around the country. Um, So my next question to you, Justine, would be if you look at your business right now, um, what would you say the biggest bottleneck or challenge is for you? And what are you doing to overcome that? 
I think that's where a lot of business owners can learn from one another is by talking about not only the good stuff, but the bad stuff too. Mm -hmm. um, knowing when it's time to say no, I, I'm making enough, I have enough clients. Um, like I said, like if we wanted to, we could be working 24 seven. We kind of did that and we opened and it was killing us. Um, I even just taking on the online clients, personal clients. I mean, I, we have over 400 clients that we work with, not members, just at one on one individual clients between the members in the gym and the online. And that takes up a huge amount of time because every program I do is very individualized. I really try to give people a ton of attention. Um, so getting to the point where I have to force myself to say, okay, no, that that's, I have a waiting list. I'm not taking anybody else on. And it's hard to do that because I love doing it. I love what I do. I love helping people. I meet the coolest people doing this and I hate to say no to somebody, but if you just keep taking on more and more people, you're going to end up not only burning yourself out completely, but you're not going to be able to give the individual attention. Um, you're not going to be able to have as quality of programs. So when you reach that point, knowing when it's time to have a cutoff and to say no, that's yeah. for me, my, the biggest issue, which is a great issue to have, but. Yeah, I get that. And I think it's really, really hard because like we talked about, I think maybe even before the podcast is there's only 24 hours in a day mm -hmm. and you can't like right now you're working. It sounds like 16 of those 24 hours. Yes. Yeah. Right. And so growth for you, it, it's, you can't really take on any more clients um, because there's no more time in the hour. So what uh, in the day? So what do you feel like growth is to you? If you could have a magic wand and have whatever you want, what would that look like? Um, there's two buildings across the street from us uh, that we actually, they were split when we bought the building. They were owned by one company at one point. If I could magically have those people that bought those buildings move out and us take those over to turn them into like a group class center, um, that would be awesome. Uh, we've talked to the previous owner someday about if those people, because uh, they are older and their businesses are um, you know, slowing down a little bit, uh, we've talked to them about possibly moving to a, um, also purchasing that space. So just, um, yeah, more, more room to be able to offer more um, different things, like something like that, like a spin class or a, uh, you know, group classes and hire on instructors to teach those. Yeah. So looking at offering more products, more services in the future. And as this particular location as it stands right now, can you foresee you and your husband bringing in anybody to help with any of the responsibilities? Because obviously it sounds like it's off the table to bring anybody in for personal training, mm -hmm. um, but to help with the responsibilities of the business to take some of that time away from your heavy schedules. Yeah, we have a cleaning service, so um, that's taken care of. We have uh, a, a service that cleans the facility, which is very, very important. Um, we have to, we do little things on a daily basis, just like, you know, the bathrooms have to be cleaned a lot more regularly. So we take care of that. Um, someday down the road, you know, we were talking about maybe having somebody do that, but it really doesn't take up that much of our time. I don't, I just wouldn't feel the need to spend the money to do that. Um, as far as like having somebody to run the desk, um, I, we really like to talk to members. Um, it's like I said, it's a small town. Everybody knows us. We like to, people want to come in and meet us. So it's not like we have 20 members just walking in at one time that need signed up. They're making appointments, coming in more there. Um, so again, it would kind of just be somebody sitting around doing a whole lot of nothing all day. Um, and as far as like the business work, 
I wouldn't trust anybody to touch my books. I love doing that. My dad has been a successful business owner for uh, 55 years now. He taught me everything as far as how running, you know, running the back, the background of the business and the books and um, that I would never give that up. I love it. I love doing it. I'm good at it. Um, and even if it does take up time, that's just for me personally, that's definitely, I think for a lot of people, because when they get into this, like we talked about, they're getting into it because they love fitness. So I would say for most people, the most important thing would be to get somebody that can run your books if that's not something you're good at. Yeah, I think that's definitely an important piece of advice because you want to make sure that those things are taken care of really, mm -hmm. really well. I just don't know how you do it. It sounds like you're literally- I've been doing it forever. I'm used to it. This is how, I, yeah, I've, I've just been, it's, it's my life. I love it. I've been doing it for a long time. Like I said, I grew up just kind of thinking you own a business. Like there's no other way to go. You open a business um, just because of my family. So to me, it's just kind of second nature. I was taught at a really young age how to do all of this and take care of it. If you had to share one piece of advice that you've learned since you have been in the fitness business um, with our listener, what would that be? Um, don't go into business. I mean, really any business, but especially this, don't go into it thinking like, oh, I want to own a business because I get to make my own schedule. Um, it, the, no, that's not how it works. You work when your clients need to come. Um, you know, you're, you're, you don't have set hours in a day. You're going to work random times you're going to work you know a lot more hours than what you probably think you are um so you know go into it uh wanting to run a business not just wanting to teach people how to work out yeah yeah that's um a very very good piece of advice and it kind of comes back to what we talked about beforehand is like so many people get started in this industry because they want to have a place to work out or because they like to work out, but you have to go into it with the intention that you want to run a business because if you don't want to run a business, then you should probably just go work at a gym um, and train people. So I appreciate that word of advice. What is the Instagram page for the gym? Where can our listeners go to find you online? Um, so I have everything through my Instagram, um, just because of such the following that I've built up as far as being a pro bodybuilder. So it's Justine Elbert, IFBB pro. Perfect. Thank you for being here today, Justine, for sharing your insights in the industry. Listeners, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Montero, and today we are joined by Aaron Conway from Iron Life Athletics in Orlando, Florida. Aaron, what's up, man? How are you doing? Doing good, brother. Thank you for coming on today. Looking forward to speaking with you, having this conversation, learning about Iron Life, kind of why you guys started, where you guys are now, where we're going with this thing. Yeah. So let's just dive in, man. Iron Life, I meet you in the grocery store, run into you. I see your t-shirt on there. 
what is like that 30 second elevator speech pitch as to what you guys do and what you guys are all about there at Iron Life? Well, a lot of times uh, when I get, when folks ask me about the gym, like because of the ears or whatever, the look and the tattoos and all that, they they believe that we're just like a, an MMA gym. So really I break down to folks that, you know, we're everything. Like we, we train strength training. uh, We do strongman, we do Highland games. We do uh, ollie lifting. We do a little bit of everything. So it's not just martial arts. It's not just lifting. It's just, it, we literally actually have everything. Like I'm, I'm a national champion at, at sumo wrestling here in America oh, wow. at two, 220 pounds. So we bring people in for like sumo. Uh, yeah. I also am a sports recovery kind of specialist. So when I was at uh, UF, I was actually helping people get like better at fitness when they're injured and like getting back to playing whatever they're playing. Like I, I did that for many, many years. And then going through rolling through gyms and gyms, I've uh, pretty much taken the, like the best and, you know, out of gyms and the worst out of gyms and made everything to this gym right here. Yeah. So really can work with everybody and anybody. I love it, man. Yeah, a little bit of everything going on and learning from all your experiences within this industry, which is awesome. So appreciate you sharing that. Really exciting news too. Just moved here to a new space, right? So talk us through uh, your kind of journey with the gym over the past five years and why you chose this new space that you are in now. Well, um, I was with a, another gym for a while, for about four years before uh, I left Gainesville. Um, or after I left Gainesville, and I just kind of saw a lot of things I didn't like. Uh, it was it was treated uh, as a, at a really corporate level when it, w- it wasn't a corporate gym. It was only one or two locations, and I just I felt like the the customer service level of it for a lot of for a lot of folks was just really it was really poor. Right, right. So I I decided that you know I had a really good group of folks with my fitness side of the of the MMA gym. So I decided to leave, and I opened my my I opened the Iron Life One like um, in downtown. Um, thank you. Um, I, um, I, I opened my gym about, about five and a half years ago, uh, pretty much not that like a quarter mile, maybe a half mile away from that first gym I was at. That's because I really wanted to keep as many of those people that have been with me for those four years. Um, and a lot of those people, those four years that were with me, stuck with me another five years. In fact, one just walked in the gym that's been with me for nine years. And she started with like Groupon, you know, yeah, yeah. And I really, I really try to put a lot of my stuff into like the people really, because pe- people follow like trainers and coaches. They don't really follow gyms. You know, right. if, you, if you have a really good like rapport with them. So that's why I wanted to so open the first Iron Lab pretty close uh, for the first five years. And that, I mean, I did like that location. It was a warehouse. It was like a bo- very box type feel, um, mm-hmm. racks, really open space. Uh, yeah. And it was great. Um, but the problem was like parking. Uh, we had a few other issues. So moving into this new place, uh, it literally was almost two blocks away. Uh, I wanted to open r- relatively super close, so I didn't want to lose yeah. anybody. Because yeah. you know, you you're opening like gyms, you'll know like man, you can open a gym across the street and you'll lose people just because you move. For sure, you know? for sure. So I, I I got into this spot wanting to keep as many of my folks as I possibly could without you know putting a burden on them. And this spot is about 1,100, 1,200 square feet smaller. But we now have parking. Uh, there's this whole place is AC'd out. Nice. The martial arts area is completely separate from the lifting area, so we don't have like guys, you know, getting off the mats, jujitsu guys or whoever, like going across folks like doing squats yeah. or deadlifting yeah. Yeah. and whatnot. So now we actually have a separate area, and it it, it really works out really well this way. Yeah. So I've really, up, in a way, I've not in a way, like in a lot of ways, I've upgraded despite losing a little bit of space. Yeah. So I, I really feel like, you know, it really taking care of the, the customer, the members is really what I worked on this. Sure, part. sure. Yeah, I love it, man. I appreciate you taking us through that journey of Iron Life. Aaron, do you think this is your forever home, so to speak, or potentially 
down the road, you know, would, would you move again? Cause I, I, I moved my gym five times in like nine years. So like it's a pain in the butt, you know, but uh, yeah. Where do you stand on that sort of thing? Well, I'd like to, I'd like to seriously open another location. Um, that yeah. was the plan before I moved. Um, when I moved this time, it was kind of rushed. Um, it was one of those, like you have 30 day notice. Right. And a lot of it was due to the fact that the, the landlord was a very elderly man who yep. just had the warehouse. Uh, I was going, I'm, uh, I decided to divorce my wife and she was friends with the other person that owned that property. So it was one of those really rushed kind of things. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I've been there. But, yeah. But so when I got in here, I loved it. I'm looking to expand. I'd like to maybe okay. move over to the, there's another part of the building sure. that's uh, about the same size, but okay. it's uh, like a straight shot. And I like to kind of take that spot area if I can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if not, or open a second location, because the whole, the whole, the goal is to like get larger, get bigger and eventually, yeah. you know, sell everything and live in Alaska and do everything online. Sounds good to me, man. It sounds good to me. That's definitely the, the goal here. And I want to get, get to that here in a, in a few minutes, but before that, Iron Life today, you know, 2022, August. What is your kind of marketing strategy and plan, Aaron, to get new members in the door on a steady basis? Okay, so I have a I have a pretty awesome referral-based uh, way I, I bring folks in. But that, besides that, and friends and family and folks just bring people who they want to work out with or trust for me to, like, train them, uh, I do a lot of shows. I do a lot of competitions uh, here at the gym. Okay. Um, I am. Uh, I was the president of the Foundation for Scottish Athletics for Florida and Georgia. I put on Highland Games. Uh, I do strongman competitions in house uh, or in the lot and in house. In fact, this weekend we're doing a sumo competition next door in the brewery. Very um, cool. Very cool. So doing doing these big shows, I've actually I I bring in a lot of people just seeing the show, uh, wanting to train for the show. So if I do a specific kind of like um, like say a strongman competition, but there's a really specific equipment needed to train it people will come in for those two months leading up to the show wanting to train that implement like now that brings people into the door they see it they tell their friends like this is the only guy who has yeah. you know uh you know stones uh the only guy that's a 12 inch log uh and in orlando i'm the only strongman gym okay. uh here yeah the closest one is like uh, about an hour away hour and a half wow. and he's a he's in a different federation anyways okay. so okay what i do is with really is with shows and that really brings folks in like people hearing sumos happening, like that, that brought in people to yeah. for fun. So that's really how I do a lot of my marketing is I, I, I promote this uh, idea of like, we're not just here to like lift and do this and do that. We're actually here to put competitions on and put people in competition. Yeah, yeah, I, I love competitions and obviously a great way to market and build our brand, get the name out there and being the only strongman gym in the area is obviously a nice advantage and gives you like the hold of that niche. Mm -hmm. I know you have an online coaching platform, Aaron, do you do anything promoting the business online, like social media, digital ads, paid ads, any of that sort of stuff? I don't really do a lot of, I did for a little while, but okay. it was very hard to differentiate like what, what folks were coming in from that. I, I would talk to folks and they, oh, I don't remember. Maybe I saw an ad, maybe it didn't. Yeah. So I did that for a little while, like uh, three or $400, like a month, just in Facebook ads. But I, I didn't know if the return was really what I was like seeking. Okay. So what I, do, what I did is I start doing a lot of having folks check in uh, I haven't a lot of folks post, uh, you know, after class photos, like large group photos after the martial arts classes, um, doing a lot of marketing when it comes to like when people fight, uh, when one of our guys fights or is in a competition, you know, they promote themselves and promote the gym insanely. So it kind of just spreads itself out in that, in that, in that sense. Um, same thing with my online, my online training, like, is I'll, I'll promote myself that way with through social media. I have, um, put together 
together like some the graphics and things like that. And then like with that online programming, it really, it, it pushed things. When, the way I was able to personalize it actually yeah. really pushed it and made it really professional. Sure. And then the fact that I'm the only strongman gym around, I also came to the level where I was the only person training other people in strongman for good ways. Like there's a yeah. lot of guys that just pick up stuff randomly wherever they're at. And right. now I can actually train them with, you know, yeah. what the way they want to be trained wherever they're at. So that worked out really well being a, being so versatile in my, my style of training right. that skills that it actually helped out a lot. So, yeah, for yeah. sure. Man. That gives you a really good niche for the online program you have and as you want to grow. And then, like you said, posting pictures of uh, just group photos and that sort of thing and using social media organically to try to, re- to try to reach more people on top of the paid stuff that you said you've tried. If the paid stuff, if you get a better ROI in that, is that something you're open to? Always. Um, I'm like, that's the thing is I never shut, I never shut off to anything. Right. Like right. I've never, I've, I, being closed minded to a, to a, even any style of marketing or even style of training, sure. like, uh, you know, some guy tells me they, they train powerlifting, you know, and I won't like, uh, I, I think you get hurt a lot at that a lot. I don't want you in the gym and you're going to type of people, whatever. I, I always keep my mind open to everything, whether it's marketing or styles okay. Okay. or anything like that to close, to close off to anything is to really just, just be ignorant. To everything. I agree. I agree, yeah. man. I agree always seeking knowledge and better ways to do everything, right? Training, coaching, marketing, technology, all that sort of stuff, kind of what's coming next here. So we talked about how you're getting members in the door. The other two buckets for, for a gym business is like retention and then ways to increase um, average revenue per member, right? So let's talk about retention first. You've been open there five and a half, half years, Aaron. Have you seen any kind of life cycle to how long your average member is staying for? Yes. Um, so yes and no. It really It really depends on... The training so if they're a martial arts uh, uh way of things like i those guys tend to burn out a little bit more depending on their age uh you know they have a couple fights but they realize that it, fighting's not really for them and like they'll, they'll tend to burn out after a little bit or they'll realize like it you know it doesn't pay like the thousands and thousands of thousands right. of dollars they thought they're gonna get right. um on the other hand though i've seen a pretty good long cycle with what comes to my fitness side. Like uh, I really try to keep a low injury rate, like if at at all with most folks, or if people do get injured doing something else, I really try to focus their training on, you know, correcting any injury. And I think that's where I keep a lot of my retention is I really try to just help people and fix people instead of just like, well, deadlifts today, this tomorrow, push through it, blah, 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 blah. You know, no, I really try to make it to where like I, I focus on, the people instead of like just just the stuff so that that's really helped with the life cycle with folks now people move um yeah. issue i've been having recently is florida's been a real expensive place to live right uh, so people have been moving because they can't afford to live here it sucks mm. but besides that what the fitness side has really stayed really well the, the only thing i see that actually has a life like a short a shorter like i'd say shelf life is the martial arts folks okay okay and yeah i think those all events you put on the competitions i think those lend to good retention too because I always found people that come to them or compete in them or even participate anyway, they stay for years and years. And I'm, I'm sure you've seen the same thing, man. So like, yeah, so that's awesome. Not much we can do about people moving out of the state, maybe the online coaching piece, you know, here. Yeah, that's we'll, actually where I would keep a lot of people is like, exactly. if they move, they stay yeah, online. So let's talk about that, man. So like part of the future online coaching business, you have a nice niche. I think you can probably build a, a really uh, nice business there for yourself. Where are you at now with the online coaching business, Aaron? And then what opportunity do you see that for you moving forward with that side of the industry? I think um, once, uh, I, I mean, I've, I've really got a, this is almost a newer thing to me. Like I, I had 
very few clients before I had like maybe, and most of them were all folks that did move away. Right. And I, I would really work that off like, well, send me photos of what equipment they have there. I'll, I'll do what right. I can, right. you know, because I'm really used to all the equipment that I have. And I've, that's another good thing about putting on shows is uh, I will gather more equipment because of these shows. And that also helps build the gym as well. Like, right. well, now we have a car deadlift. Now we have, you know, whatever this it's a 300 pound block, whatever. Yep. But, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And, you know, so that made, that made training a little bit harder when it came to online, but now with this, this app that I, or the software that I use, like I'm able to like pretty much detail it any way they really want um, right. with them sending back information. So I want to like really grow that as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Where yeah. I can, I've almost got it now to where I can do most of my training, even my folks here and in, in house, like uh, online um, that way, you know, I can focus on other things. If a coach is out sick and I can teach kickboxing, you know, which yeah. is, you know, what are those kind of things that kind of happen or if their work changes, you know, they don't have to worry about, well, I can't make this class anymore. I can't be here anymore. Yeah. So a lot of the, a lot of retention I get with that is just the online stuff. So I really feel like the more I build on that, the more I can build on top of like my whole, my whole business and my training and programming in a sense as it is. 100%, man. Yeah. yeah. And we can reach more people. Like you said, you can be in Alaska doing your thing there, exactly. uh, training uh, thousands of clients potentially right, online, which I think is, uh, definitely achievable hundred percent. I've seen it happen. So it's, you know, if one person can do it, somebody else can do it. I agree. Totally, man. Mm -hmm. And like, so with that being said, so that's the short-term, long-term goal for you. Iron athletics, iron life athletics right now. What is kind of the legacy you love to leave in your area there for your brick and mortar business within that Orlando area? That we, we never, I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound cliche that we, we didn't really sell out to the to the everything around us. Now the market here is saturated in Orlando. Like I can, there's literally three or four gyms like in the, in the square mile area. Wow. You know? And I never, I never like, I wanted people to remember that. I never like just, all right, I turned my head away from the clients or yeah. the people that actually train here or wanted to train here just to make a buck. I did. I want quality over quantity. And I know running a business or running a gym like this is, is important to have money, but I never really gave up any of my principles to like make a quick buck or anything like that. I really stayed true to what I wanted to do. And that's, that's been the struggle. And that's also been the success of the business in itself is I never gave up on my ID, my ideologies when it came yeah. to training people. Right, like, right. I never absorbed some other type of training. Cause I thought like a boot camp or something, because I right. thought it would bring me quick money. Money. Sure. Sure. You know what I mean? And on top of that, uh, my family, like um, I got two kids, wonderful kids. The, the online coaching actually is what made me my kids has made me want to do that so i didn't want to leave my clients but i still i didn't want to leave my family either my kids so right. i decided to i can train people remotely even in my brick and mortar that i wouldn't have to give up anything either them or my kids so i wanted to let people to remember that hey you know he gave up he gave up his kids to be here and train he's one of those guys and he worked all the time didn't, didn't focus on his, on yeah. his family yeah but then i also want people like i want people to actually remember like no he didn't do that he was still able to train folks spend time with his kids train his kids eventually and you know and still kept everybody to where it needed to be and i never gave up you know making sure a person trained three days a week or one day a week i kept on top of everybody like that's what i want to do i want to be more of like a client-based trainer than instead of like a i don't know uh, a numbers-based trainer when it comes sure. to those in and out it makes total sense yeah it makes total sense I, i'm with you a thousand percent Aaron. i think like Again, not to harp on it, but online coaching, that's where it's at, man. We can we can work with more people. Big time. We get the freedom of time. We can reach more people. We can be with the kids, the family, wherever we want to be. So, like, yeah, it's, it's a, I think a win for everybody across the board. Now, Aaron, we have a lot of listeners, man. They're, they're like us a few years ago. They want to open a gym. They want to get into this business. They're trainers. They're maybe working at a gym. They're not really happy with it. Mm -hmm. If I to give to that person listening, man, uh, who wants to start a gym, just from your experience, it would set them up 
for success in the best way possible? Um, plan, uh, plan, plan a lot. If, if you currently have like clients, you know, get with them, uh, make sure that, you know, they're, they're going to be behind you. Uh, yeah. if, if you're starting with nothing, that's a whole different story, but find out, like talk to your clients that you currently have because people follow coaches. They don't follow gyms. True. True. Um, so if a person is really looking to open their own space and kind of do the things that they want to do things, they probably have a good way of doing things if they have a good client base. Yeah. So get with your clients, try to stay within the area and build on top of what you already have. Um, and take, I know this kind of sucks to say, but like, take your time. Um, yeah. I didn't make any rash decisions. I, I took about a year of being actually unhappy at a place that I was at. Uh, right. build, build my resources and build my folks behind me. Yeah. And, um, and doing that, I, I turned out a building that I'm really happy I did. Right. Uh, I, I would have paid a lot of money for a spot that I couldn't even use a second floor on. Uh, so I just was smarter about it. I took my time and finally just, you know, did the right thing after about a year of like basically putting my head down and yes, sir. All right. Uh, yes. All right. I'll do it that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And then finally, when it was, the time was right, I, you know, I opened right there on January 2nd on, on yeah. that day. So I was ready to do it, but I did, I literally was paying walls while working at another gym, like trying to keep everything secret, but sure, take, your, yeah. and take your time and build your resources. Really agreed. Yeah. And if you can start with clients, I mean, massive head start starting with zero people, it's going to be a very hard thing to do. So yeah, Aaron, I think that's a terrific advice, man. I appreciate you sharing that. And I think it's an awesome place to wrap up this episode, man. Where can we check you out? Website, social media, when I talk about the online coaching piece, anything you want to leave for us. Yeah. Um, if you want to find out anything about the about Iron Life Athletics, like we're at www.ironlifeathletics.com um, on Instagram, uh, Iron Life Coach or Iron Life Athletics on Instagram. Um, literally, we're, uh, we're always doing something. We're putting on strongman shows, sumo, Highland games. We do it all. Uh, you know, and when I say we, I mean we. Like, and the members help out. Like Everybody's yeah. part of the team. So like, if you want to check us out there, check us out there. Uh, more than happy to talk to anybody about anything. Uh, yeah, really. I love it. Yeah. Sumo, sumo contest. I would love to see, man. And, uh, we had a Highland games thing up by me here. A few, uh, actually I think it was last fall at this point, but yeah, really cool events. Awesome to hear you guys put that stuff on. Yeah. And, uh, love to hear Aaron. Thank you so much for coming on today. Sharing your story, man. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you, brother. You got it, brother. And listeners we appreciate you guys as well. Please hit like, and subscribe to be notified for all future episodes. And until next time, Jim Lords, we are out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders.
What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Alex Beck, and joining us on the show is Steve Collette, founder of Third Degree Training out of Prince Edward Island, Canada. What's going on, Steve? Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm well, and I bet you 85% of your followers don't know where that is. <laughs> so, to, so let me know, what part of Canada are you on? You're definitely not in Toronto. No, You're about God, no. Two hours no. west, correct? Yeah, known to east. We're all the way in the east coast. Yeah, got so it. A lot of people think because it's eastern time zone, we're called Atlantic time zone. So, you know, we're, we're you know we're we're not far too far from New York, not too far from Boston. If you go where Maine is, you know, up to to Maine, you have New Brunswick, and we're about six hours. So we're not we're not too far. We had, okay. actually it was funny. We had Regis and Kathy Lee here years ago, uh, and uh, or not Regis Kathy Lee, who's a I don't even her husband or whatever. Okay. Long story short, we're uh, it's a great little province here in the East Coast. Um, you could argue that I should live in Toronto for all the business that I do, but I'm not. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do that to my wife and family. <laughs> there you go. Well, I appreciate you joining. I know you have a lot of other stuff, a couple other businesses you do as well. So I appreciate yeah. you giving some of your time today to sit here with talk about me or talk with me. Um, but yeah, let's not waste any time here. Tell me a little bit about how you got started with third degree training. What is it that made you want to start with opening your own fitness facility? Yeah, no, thanks. Um, uh, basically, back in my, my wife and I both started the company, you could say. And uh, it was back in our late 20s, uh, um, probably a year after I got married. So I was about 29. And, you know, to be honest with you, I got, both of us were really out of shape. I was about 100 pounds heavier than I am. I was, you know, not. And so we just basically started on a personal journey to say, let's, you know, let's, let's kind of get in shape here. Uh, you know, we're young and I was getting out of breath time of shoes, you know. Yeah. So if uh, we started on a personal journey and said, okay, and that's kind of where we kind of fell in love with just the, the whole wellness concept. But what we're doing is we're going to gyms and you know, the odd class. There was nothing that the two of us could do together. That was kind of equivalent. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know, everything involved, you know, people, most people, they, they work for a living, they're sitting down and you go to a gym. So what you sit down and you do this, you sit yeah, down right. and you do this. So we said, you know, the best, the best athletes and the best, the best training in the world, depending on what you're doing, I guess, is plyometric. You know, you don't need to have a, a uh, you don't need to have a squat rack and all the dumps. Like you don't need all that. So we started doing a lot of plyometric style of training. You know, we don't own the patent on a burpee and a push up and a, and a lunge, right. but just kind of put together a quick hit style, 45 minute workout. And the gym we were working out at, people just kind of started watching us. So at the end of the day, at the time, I had a, uh, a fire and safety company that we, I used to have the contract where we used to do uh, uh, the, the York Tech, was, which is the mandatory fitness evaluation for firefighters. So I started training them fitness-wise for, for that after we got certified in certain areas and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the next thing you know, we kind of uh, gelled it together. and We did an outdoor fitness class, and there was 10 people and my wife and my dog. Right. So did that and, and it really just snowballed from there. Okay. Um, so it kind of started on a personal journey, but I've always been extremely entrepreneurial. And as soon as it happened, I went, Oh, we got something. Let's make this affordable. Right. Let's make this, you know, and, and uh, so that's kind of how it started. Okay, cool. So, so third degree training, when did you open the first location? Oh, great question. It was, um, like I said, we started outdoors and then we would go rent space inside and do this and that. But right. we, uh, we built our location, I guess it'd be 
oh my gosh, nine years ago, 10 years ago. I remember it took every cent that I had. Um, I remember I went to the landlord and I said, if you put on a 5,000 square foot addition on the building, um, you pay, hold the mortgage and I'll pay the fit up. And then with the option of, then I want to buy the whole building in, in five years. So that's what happened. I remember I had 200, about a quarter million bucks and everything went in. Having a quarter million bucks in your bank account and go down to like $400. Yeah. Uh, so the, it was about 10 years ago. We put okay. our first facility up and then, uh, yeah. And so how many locations are you at now? I know you ended up uh, franchising the name. Yeah. So, so how yeah. many spots do you have open now? Well, we, we uh, right now there's four. Um, yeah. we were, we had more, um, and we were set for explosive growth, but, uh, when COVID hit, um, like most franchise, most fitness companies in Canada, I mean, almost half closed, it was just catastrophic. Right. So, you know, we were set for extreme explosive growth, but at your control. So, you know, and at the end of the day, we never wanted to be an orange theory fitness. I didn't want to be that, you know, I didn't want to get private equity and do all that kind of stuff. Right. You know, um, franchising is my thing. Um, I have a couple other companies. I sit on the board of directors with the Canadian Franchise Association. But, you know, it. Uh, so that's what happened. You know, um, at the end of the day, COVID was pretty catastrophic to, to growth and existing right. locations. In right. Canada. So, so, so for the four franchises you have, um, are those all four you own yourself or are they other people who wanted to get in on the business? Yeah, what franchising is, is you're in business for yourself, but you're not by yourself. Right. Rather than go start, you know, um, you know, Crystal's boot camp or whatever, and all the mistakes that we've made, and the trial and error, and the you know the time and the hundreds of thousands of dollars in mistakes, that's what a franchise buys. A franchise owner buys is they're buying the system so that they don't have to make those mistakes. They right. here it is, just like you know when you buy a Wendy's or a McDonald's, you're buying that menu, and uh, you know you don't sell hot dogs at McDonald's. It's here's the system, all that kind of stuff. And then you go. So yeah, we, we, we award franchises. Um, and uh, so they're owner operators and they pay a fee and then they pay a royalty fee for ongoing and, and the support and, and that, but yes, they're, they're individual owners that, that. Own. Okay, cool. Cool. So for your locations, I know COVID took a big hit on, on most gyms, right? So do you, as the, the franchise, the business owner here, try and help them with anything like marketing or trying to, be able to get some more clients coming in on a consistent basis? <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, great question. I mean, we, we have marketing portals that we use. We have all sorts of content. We train them in, in all aspects of, of what works. Um, I don't like when opinions come into mix. I like to measure the data. So you look at it. Um, but yeah, so when, it, when, when uh, we certainly help them with, with uh, all sorts of, that's what a franchise system is. It's support. Yeah. Right? And, uh, but you know, with, with COVID, there's, you know, we stopped collecting royalties, you know, all that kind of stuff. So what can we do? But in Canada, it was, like I said, the worst lockdown on the planet, like literally. Yeah. And yeah. so, especially if you're a business under two years old, there's just no rent relief. There's no government relief. And most of our franchisees were new, right. As we were growing. So it was just, it was just catastrophic. So at the end of the day, you know, when we kind of let them out of their contract, it's, you know, mutual termination says we're not coming after you for anything. And, you know, so it was, uh, it was unfortunate, but it's any of your control, you know, and there's nothing you can do. Like there's absolutely yeah. nothing. And, and, and so what, what do you do? Right. And um, it's, uh, it's still bellowing the effects. I mean, financially for a lot of young companies and, and they're still trying to dig out of the hole. 
And what do you see? What What's the goal for you right now with the business with third degree training? <clears throat> well, we won't, we won't expand probably for at minimum two years. Okay. I would, I know I got other companies. I, you know, I know markets, I know the markets across the country, um, <clears throat> all sectors. I know the first ones that get picked on, but where it comes now is it's still vulnerable. Uh, it's still very vulnerable. So from an investment standpoint, um, I don't feel comfortable um, putting someone in that situation. Um, so we're just maintaining what, you know, and we're fortunate, man. Like, I mean, we are, and, uh, but even us, you know, from the corporate location, we own our buildings, you know, we've been around a long time. We have all sorts of companies and this and that. So, you know, with us, if we were brand new, we'd probably be the same. Yeah. Like, well, what do you do? You can't not collect revenue. You can do some online stuff, but what happens is every Tom, Dick and Harry's doing online stuff for free, even though it's not your system, you know, you try your best to, to maintain it with the clients, but um, you can't go six, nine months without collecting revenue in a business. Yeah. 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 If there's a business that, that you can go nine months, without collecting money, um, let me know, <laughs> right? You're like, I need yeah. to start one of those. Yes, right. <laughs> no, okay, okay. So so to just to get a better understanding here, you have four locations under third degree training, three of them franchise <laughs> zone, you own one of them, correct? Okay, cool. So yeah, for the so one that you, go for it. No, no, yeah, we have one corporate location. We actually okay. have two studios. So we have, um, you know, we have our studio one, we call it our studio two, so. Um, you know, so we operate a, you know, big, uh, but yeah. So, and then we have, uh, the other ones are, are individual owned and operated. And how big is the location you're at now for the corporate studio? It's big. Uh, it's we have big. two. Yeah. Well, okay. one's about 5,000 square feet and the other one's about 3,400. But again, we own our buildings they are massive. It's, it's certainly not necessary for our franchise owners. Um, you know, typically we like to see about about 2,500 ish, 2,000 square feet. Because you get to look at, if you, yeah, even if you look at our website, we're wide open. You know, it's wide open. And then you have your, uh, um, you know, you have your TRX, you have your, you know, you have your weights, you have that kind of stuff kind of around the side. <clears throat> it's a wide open spot. And um, so generally, you know, your fit up cost to go into something like this is, is, is quite small compared to, because you don't need, you know, a half a million dollars worth of equipment. Because your body is your gym is our slogan. I mean, if you can't do an, uh, a workout right here behind you and get a good sweat on and get results, yeah, well, that's that's what what you need. You know, our whole thing is you need ten square feet, motivation, and a proper program. There you go. And, and so for for the location that that you're in now, how many members are you sitting at? <clears throat> oh God. So I should have had Pam on my wife. Keep in mind, Pam. You're like, I'm not the numbers guy. No, I'm well, no, that's her. That's her. Well, let me ask this question. Is, do you guys, are you trying to see some rate of growth right now? Are you trying to increase membership? <clears throat> oh, yes. I mean, that, that you always are, of course. Yeah. You know, you, you're getting clients back. But you got to remember, you know, and this is, again, from a psychology and neurology background, COVID played, COVID hit everybody in a certain way. And a lot of people are, extremely paranoid and they're not comfortable we've lost long-term members that just aren't comfortable being around people right and uh so you're constantly looking to grow but what happens is this is what was going on in canada you'd start to just get back when just get back closed just get back you're closed and and uh with this new wave coming you know the seventh wave or whatever we want to call it i don't know how many waves we're going to get right who knows right so yeah you know we're, we're always trying to grow new memberships and and and, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer. And even when I worked there, 
um, at our corporate location, someone called, I said, come on, try class. You know, I mean, and then pay after. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like it. Then, you know, if you're not, if you don't like it here, then you should probably go somewhere else. Yeah. But you start looking at the market. That's the big thing. When you look at the business, there's a difference between, you know, people who love fitness and people who love business, right? There's nothing wrong with loving both, but you have to love business. And, you know, a lot of people that will say they're a trainer, they're this and that, and they get into and try to open something. And if you see it through subjective eyes, you're, you're done. Yeah, yeah. You're done because you look at the different markets, right? You, know, you have the 4% market that is very, you know, 4% of the population. Are very, they can go run a marathon, go to a triathlon all by themselves. They don't understand why anyone needs help, right? Then you get the about 8% who's very cultish. You know, I won't name names of, of brands, but, you know, kind of chalk and shirt off and, bleh, you know, and <laughs> the, again, go to those places. Then you have the 88%, which is just everyday normal people that, you know, that just want to go. And the biggest thing is with, with fitness is motivation and structure. Yeah, right. Come in, you know, so that's kind of what we go after. So do you have, do you offer any type of like accountability or nutrition throughout oh, your yeah. programs? Yeah, we have our trademark is actual nutrition. Okay. Um, that, that's what it is. And accountability is the most important part. And it's funny because I did a, a lot of public speaking with wellness back in the day. Um, and you get up there and I, the, the approach I have is more of a psychological, philosophical approach. You know, there's understanding, you know, the molecular structure of a, you know, of, of understanding the difference between soluble and insoluble fiber. That can motivate you to eat better. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's reaching in and, and really looking at actual nutrition. Right. And so, yes, our, our nutrition, uh, is real food, no gimmicks. Okay. It's, we don't push certain things and it's, it's basically, Oh yeah. So how does your like a uh, nutrition and accountability program work? Let's say it's myself, right? And I walk yep. into the facility first time there. Maybe I'm trying to lose some weight, yep. right? Um. So what what does that look like as far in that aspect? No, great. I think it. You know, at the end of the day, when creating a meal guide, it's simple. It's simple. And if someone tells you it's complicated, they're lying. Mm-hmm. You don't need a nutrition degree to make supper. You know. Right. You know, right. At the end of the day, it is accountability. And looking at it, most people. When it comes to health and wellness, logic and reason can fly out the window right quick. So we, we say, what's your goals? And if they're not realistic, we'll tell you, you know, and say, okay, well, here it is. It's, it, you know, you're going to fall off the rails every now and then. And it's, 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 it's circling back and that's okay. It's going to happen, right? So what we do is, you know, we'll create a, a, a standard meal guide that says, okay, here's what you need. Basic structure of your human body for okay. what you want to do and get to. And then we have daily accountability. The check-in every day. Here's what I ate. Boom. Great. You know, over, you know, over email kind of thing. And then what we'll do is depending on how serious they want to get and how, you know, how much accountability they need, they can meet weekly, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever it may be. But we look at it, we keep it very affordable, very affordable. Uh, Because at the end of the day, when you look at the labor involved, it's a meal guide simple. Right. You look at it and say, there's four places that you get calories from protein, carbohydrates, fats, and alcohol. And so you look at it, it's quite simple. And uh, I've heard, especially now, I mean, it is getting a lot bigger and more important because at the end of the day, people want results, right? That's why they come to your gym. So having that nutrition accountability piece is really 70% of what's going to take them to the results. Um, I've heard of some, a lot of boutique facilities pushing more 
virtual for that nutrition accountability side. So, you know, they'll have apps connected like Trainerize, My Fitness Pal, um, you know, where they get their daily meal plans, their clients could get their daily meal plans, a weekly grocery list, daily workouts to do at home, um, you know, and then it also eliminates all that time of, of needing a nutritionist and so forth. Have you ever thought of going down that route? Do you offer? Yeah. No, at the end of the day, I, I think when it comes down to it, and it's fine, but I think people are smarter than that. Yeah. I think people need to know that. So when they come in, it's like, you know, if you want to learn the sciences of the micronutrients, you know, go take a course. The other day, people come in and most of, like, the way we're raised, like, we're, it's, we're, we're very almost narcissistic. I mean, it has to work for me. It's very arrogant. Like, mm -hmm. the laws of nature have to change to, to fit your, you have to change the way you think about it. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you say, well, I, you know, where do I go out to eat that's healthiest? I don't know. I don't know. You know, but I, the one thing that I always say, and it really clicks in with people, you know, if I asked you right now, you know, when does your uh, car payment come out? Probably no. When do you get paid? You'd probably tell me when's your mortgage payment. And, but if I said, what do you have for supper next Tuesday? They have no idea. Well, that's the problem. You have to look at it as a species step it back and go, no matter what, we're the only primate with reason. We're the only primate on earth that, 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 that puts body weight on by accident. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so it's just changing the way you think of it. So with, with the apps and all that kind of stuff, it, it's great. Um, and a lot of people like say with their, with their Apple watch or their Fitbit or whatever, if it works for you and keeps you accountable, that's good. Right, right. Um, I look at it going at the end of the day, sometimes you just need to vent and be told it's okay. Right? Yeah. I don't, yeah. You don't need me to tell you that eating five cookies is bad, right? So I so, like to. So you like to have um, that in-person experience, especially for the nutrition accountability. for the first one, because you look at it and go, "Nutrition." Tell me, yeah. So what happens is it's understanding how food works. Okay. But the thing is, most people overeat. It has nothing to do with your body. It's your mind. It's dopamine, right? And most of these foods that are processed and, and created, if there, there's nothing created by nature that that makes us that that is as sweet as a cookie mm -hmm. it's a problem mm -hmm. right and then so um you have to kind of step it back and look at objective reality and then if you can grasp that then you're fine you know it the rest is just it's pure psychology that's that's what it is right and, and you know a lot of guys especially you know we're lucky we can lose weight a lot faster than women right it pisses them off too <laughs> but you know a guy stops drinking beer no, it says, okay, I drink, you know, <clears throat> I drink 20 beer a week. So just try, try, don't, don't drink them for one week. And all of a sudden they lose six, seven pounds of, of water retention. You know, it's all that kind of stuff. It there's nutrition's not complicated yeah. at all. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just not right. So, so Steve, uh, what about, I wanted to ask a little bit on client acquisition as well, because I know you are trying to see some rate of growth at some point, get back to those pre-COVID numbers, so to speak. Um, so what type of things are you actively doing right now to aid that growth process? Yeah, no, we do a lot of, uh, <clears throat> um, we have marketing companies that we work with, um, uh, you know, with, uh, uh, well, one's in San Diego, we have one in uh, Vancouver, one in Toronto. We do a lot of social media, uh, a lot of, you know, that's, primarily where you get a lot of your retention or your acquisition from uh, a lot of promotion, you know, a lot. So we'll do, uh, per, you know, if personal training promotions, uh, uh, group fitness, small group fitness, sports teams, whatever it may be. So primarily social media, but we do all sorts of, you know, all sorts of other marketing campaigns. And again, that's probably more Pam can speak more intelligently on that than I can. 
Yeah. 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 Okay. Awesome. So, so you'd say social media, digital marketing is yeah. pretty much the big play of how you're driving members. Do you run the marketing for your other franchise locations as well? Or are they expected to figure out client acquisition on their own? No, we, no, <clears throat> excuse me. We don't run their marketing okay. uh, in a franchise system. If you look at say something like Wendy's, Wendy's charges 4% royalties and 4% uh, 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 marketing fee. Okay. And then, so you don't see the local Wendy's owner doing his own marketing. It's all from right. the top. Right? Right. So what we do is we provide them the content um, and we say, you know, expectations, because what you want to have in, in our business is it's local. It's the local owner. You don't want to make it look corporate. Right. 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 So um, no, we don't dictate uh, you have to do this in X, Y, and Z. Uh, we have all sorts of content that we, that we do together, but so we certainly help them, um, but we don't do their marketing for them. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, so what's really like the big picture for you here, right? Like, let's say I, I know COVID took a big haul, but if you had like a magic wand, you could put third degree training in the exact position that you want it. What would that really look like to you? Well, I think back before COVID, you know, um, that, that probably I'd say, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, you know, not wishing, I think, there's nothing you can do about it. So, but no, it's a good question. I think going back to where we were, um, helping a lot of people, uh, helping a lot of business owners, um, you know, going back before pre-COVID would have been great because we were set to just explode. And, uh, you know, like any, any business, you know, I got a whole bunch of companies, but I also had a whole bunch of failures. Right, right. And, you know, we learned, we took the punches and we know it works. We know what we look for for a franchise owner. And, um, so we were just set to go. So I'd like, you know, if, if I could press a button, probably go back to that, uh, but I can't, you know, so it is what it is. And is there any, what is like the biggest bottleneck that's holding you back from getting to that point? If anything, besides COVID, right? Well, COVID is other than COVID, that would be the, the, the big one. Um, uh, we're not looking, you know, we're not some big company with private equity and shareholders. Uh, yeah. You know, we don't need to, you know, we don't need to, to make immense growth to make payroll. Uh, we like to help people and helping people, you know, is with their, as a business owner as well. Um, but, you know, the bottleneck is just the unknown with the Canadian government and COVID. Cause like I said, it was bad here. It was, it was bad lockdowns. Um, and I know, you know, not, not crying a river, um, bad lockdowns around the, uh, around the globe, but Canada was worse. But Kitchener Waterloo and that area in Ontario was the worst on the planet. Yeah. Oh, but it's, uh, and now I, you want to, you want to look at, you know, you want to look at what's going to happen here before you have any growth. Now I like to look at the market. There's been no fitness growth in Canada. So none, none. And there won't be for, there won't be for, for a little while. Was there anything that was more difficult or unexpected for you franchising a gym location compared to franchising other businesses? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's how do I put that into made a lot of mistakes. Basically, you know, you don't think with your heart, you think with your head. Um, a lot of it came down to looking for who is your, your, your perfect franchise partner um, and you know, we, we got it nailed at the end of it, but it took a lot of mistakes, a lot of time. 
to to try to do that. So it uh, basically you you make you get a, your franchise agreement. You got to make sure everything is on paper, and it's expensive. It's a lot. It's very expensive to franchise, and you know the things that you and I might think are common sense, maybe someone else does. Right. So it's uh, learn a lot, learn a lot, and uh, but with uh, you know. Just because someone is an awesome fitness trainer, it certainly doesn't make them a good business owner. That's very uh, true. And, you know, most, most are, would you have to define what is a good business owner? Um, a business owner has grit. You know, you can take punches. You just, you, you focus on the solution, not the problem. Um, and you need grit to do what everyone else won't. You know, because and, and, everyone's trying to take your clients. And look, it's dog eat dog, really. Um, and you just want to provide the best possible product and the best possible system and everything else will, will come into play. But there's franchising any company. Uh, when you start off, it's, it's honing in on who is your franchise owner um, and making sure that you have the system down so that, that it's, I don't want to say compliant, but it, it's, you want to have, if you went into any third degree training uh, across the board, um, you're going to have a similar experience. Okay. Okay. And, and hopefully this question and no questions, a dumb question, but do your franchisees, do they find you or do you find them? Um, a bit of both. I mean, usually, both, yeah. you know, it's, uh, um, yeah, a bit of both. Like we, uh, you know, the ones that, the ones that were going to open up that, that were set, you know, that didn't because of COVID, uh, kind of both. Through digital, you know, through digital ads where you know own a franchise, okay. blah blah blah, um, very targeted down to 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 certain Google types, um, but yeah, both both. Okay, cool, cool. And, and really, my last question here, I think this is a good question for you too. If you could look back at yourself, your younger self, maybe you know, 20, 25 years years ago, here, what's a piece of advice that you'd give yourself when it comes to business in general? Uh, oh my god, that's a good question. Um, I'm asking this for myself selfishly. No, it's good. No, <laughs> hey man, it, it's good. It's, you know, a business degree is great. I've never read one business book. I've never taken a business course in my life. Psychology, philosophy is my thing. Um, understanding personalities, understanding certain things. It's okay to fail. You will fail. If you don't fail, uh, you don't know. You want a business degree? It's not a case study when you lose 150 grand, right? It's it, that kind of stuff is you have to fight. You're going to get hit. You've got to punch. It's, it's lonely at the top. And going in and being an entrepreneur, building brands, being a franchise owner is great. You know, you go in, you're going to, that's what you're buying so that you don't have to create the system because that system that you're buying takes so much. It's so much. It's sacrifice. Right. I say if you sacrifice and you do what for five years, what most people won't, then you can do what most people can't. Whatever that definition is. to me, it's time. Do whatever you want. You know, I'm a bunch of companies and I'm here in my basement doing a podcast because I like it. And, uh, but yeah, going back, it's just keep going, keep going. You know, you're going to get hit. You're going to get punched. Some days you're going to ball and cry. And the life of an entrepreneur is literally, you know, you start this, oh my God, life is awesome. And then I'm going to go bankrupt and die. Uh, it's just, it's just up and down. Yeah. Oh, and, but the mindset you have to have, you almost got to be, you almost got to be insane. But who would do this? You know, who would do this where everyone comes to you 
everything's your fault. You know, you're never the hero, um, but, but it's okay. It's uh, when you understand yourself, you know, that's the big thing. And, you know, it, it's very important. Most high functioning CEOs are like elite athletes, like me, same brain type. You have to create, you have to go. And then if you stop creating, you get depressed because you need that dopamine, right? Um, I've never been a food addict, really. I, I was bad drinker, Fuck, bad. A guy like me can't, you don't drink, <laughs> don't do drugs. Or you just, you're off the rails. Um, but it's understanding yourself, you know? And then once you put that in the right way, there's a difference between being a CEO and a COO. People that are COO type that try to be a CEO will fail or vice versa. Because CEOs head up, visionary. Operations is heads down. I don't get involved in operations. You know, pick what you're good at and make sure that you know, treat people right treat people right because you're you know when you surround yourself with that circle don't take advice from people that love you about about business don't yeah. <laughs> is it going don't you know um and if go with your always go with your gut and uh you know my younger self is just you know, I, was, I was a i was a kid that i didn't know what i was doing you know, and uh i didn't know i was entrepreneurial you know yeah, looking back, I think that that's the advice that I would give is just keep fighting. I love it. I love it. That was a lot of gold nuggets in that right there. I like yeah. what you said about about the grit. Um, uh, would would have I have a mentor that always says violence is an answer, right? So, um, well, I mean, you look at it, and and I was a rough kid growing up. You know, I left home. You know, went and you know, I was actually even homeless at one point, if you can believe it. Um, but my philosophy in life has always been. If I get pushed, don't push back, punch, right? It's just, it's, you know, full steam ahead, right? And, and, and know what you're good at. And, and at the end of the day, love yourself, man, and love that, that mindset that you have. But just don't go outside of your sandbox. That's what we were kind of talking about before we started recording. Yeah. When you get into business, you carve your sandboxes. Don't, I'm not going to go into your sandbox and invite me unless you invite me into play and vice versa. And that your sandbox is what you're good at. And if you do that and have respect for that, um, even if sometimes you don't agree with it, people will ask me, how do you own so many companies? I hire bosses. Yeah. Well, they say, go here, do this, Bob. And I love what I do. I don't have to do anything I don't enjoy. All right. And uh, yeah. Badass, man. I love it. And I appreciate you joining once again. I think that's a perfect place to start to wrap things up on this episode. But before we do head out of here, please give a shout out to, you know, your website, Instagram, Facebook, anything just so the listeners can find some more info on you and your gym. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, www.thirdreetraining.com or in all those Facebook, Instagram things. And <laughs> Pam manages all that. Uh, uh, you know, we got, we got uh, some great, great information we give away a lot of information um and it's just very holistic very organic um and we're just real people with real results and that's uh you know drop us a line anytime yes sir i appreciate you once again steve colette you guys founder of third degree training out of prince edward island canada make sure you check them out and as for the listeners here don't forget if you want to be notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe. If you are interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out.
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.